Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's all about accessibility and how we can use technology to help everybody meet their potential. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're going to talk about um, a kind of a new topic for the show, uh, but one that's really intrigued me. Um, I saw a presentation at the back end of 2018, a, a Microsoft presentation, that talked about um, empowering users of all types. I talked about accessibility and how technology can change the lives of people, not in just the way they work, but but in the way they uh, they live their lives. Um, so then I was lucky enough to catch up with uh, the, the, this week's guest at, uh, at a different event, and we had a conversation about this and it's a real area of expertise for for, uh, for this week's guest um, and I thought it'd make a really interesting show for um, for us to kind of explore this and explore how we can start to build more accessibility and enablement into our day-to-day technology strategies and the way we use technology both within our businesses and the, and the way we service our customers. Um, so, so it's a topic that really interests me, a topic that really fascinates me and uh, I've got a great guest to help me chat about that uh, about this this week. Uh, so uh, let me introduce him. Um, it's uh, Aaron Smith. Hi Aaron, how are you? I'm all right. How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining Tech Interviews this week. Um, so, look, before we dive into uh, d- dive into that topic, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what it is you do. Thank you very much. So, my name is Aaron Smith. I am uh, an education and business consultant uh, by trade, uh, but actually I'm a, a severely dyslexic adult that has to use um, accessibility and accessible tools every day. So, uh, I'm the, be- the way that I describe me, I'm one of the 4% of the population that have severe dyslexia. So in layman's terms, I have a reading age of a nine-year-old, a spelling age of an eight-year-old, and I'm only 35. And um, for me, it's uh, I have no automatic reading capability, so I don't see words. I also have tendencies of ADHD, ASD, and dyspraxia. Now, when I normally stand up and do a talk, I normally say at this point that this is when I'm going to trip over the bag that I've left on the floor, because uh, that's what a dyspraxic would do. Uh, but I'm I'm sitting down, so it's all right. And I think I think for me, the the, the thing that I, in my working life, uh, um, I I'm a, a business consultant and education consultant. So I, I have a number of companies that I that I own, and I consult with other companies. So uh, I have a company called the SEND Group, which uh, is a CPD company. We do CPD for the education community in the areas of special education needs and disability. And I have another company that I do consultancy with. The other companies, biggest companies like Microsoft. So I'm Microsoft's UK Dyslexia and SEND consultant. I work for Scanning Pens. I've worked for Claro Software. I've worked for uh, I've worked for Dyslexia Box, Touch Type Read and Spell, uh, Nessie. All, all these companies. They are mainly within the education space, uh, but for me, they are they are all doing something in the areas of disability and accessibility, mainly in the hidden disability space like dyslexia. But um, but I do that quite a lot. Uh, that's basically min- minimal introduction there. I could go, go into a lot more detail if you want me to. No, I think that's um, I actually that's a great introduction, and and actually why this area fascinates me, and and I suppose inspires me to a to a degree as well, because I think as you kind of listing uh, your your selection of um, you know of, of, of issues and things that potentially you could look at, couldn't you, and say, oh, that's going to be something that's going to hold that individual back. Now, I've been you know, I've lucky enough to meet you and, and chat with you a, a couple of times, and absolutely that's not the case with you. You know, you have taken that, turned that into something as a as a real positive. Um, 
um, and built a really great career where you're not only built a great career for yourself, but you're helping others to, um, you know, to kind of meet their potential, you know, to be able to get the best out of whatever skill sets they've got. Um, so, well, look, I, I, and it's, it really is the reason, I, you know, generally the reason I wanted to kind of explore this topic. So, I mean, you, you talked in there um, about accessibility, and I suppose that's a phrase we hear thrown around quite a lot. It's something I use in the introduction. Um, but, but, you know, can, can you kind of put some kind of context around that? You know, what we mean by accessibility, you know, how, is there a way of defining it? I think accessibility, the, probably the best way is level playing field. And that, that's a really good term. It, it's when you look at someone say, I, I will use dyslexia a lot because it's easier for me to talk about. It. So people know that dyslexia, and some people think that dyslexia is just about reading. It's not just about reading. It's about spelling. It's about writing. It's about the way that we remember things. It's the way that we process information. It's the way that we we see words. We see things in our heads. Uh, the way that we look at we, the way that we look at things as well. Um, but if we go to that that kind of the, the terminology of a reading difference, we live in a world that is full of words. Uh, we actually have a very hard language. So the English language has has twenty six letters. Uh, to 44 sounds, if I remember correctly, which is a, which is a kind of like a quite a hard concept to think about. So when we look at the word accessibility, it is probably changing that concept to our, uh, to our, uh, to actually putting. Uh, uh, I knew that would happen. Uh, of course, your computer does something when you don't want it to. Um, putting uh, <laughs> it's telling me to actually come to this this podcast. Of course, that's that's what that, that's an accessibility tool, which we'll talk about later. But anyway, yeah. accessibility, like I said, putting level playing field. So having someone that has a difficulty with reading or a difficulty with movement, um, we are putting a an adjustment in place to help with that that need. So an accessibility enabling someone to reach their full potential. That changing that difference, putting them on that level playing field, is probably the best way to describe it there's probably a better way of describing it of course but to think for me it is is for me making things accessible is basically ensuring that everyone has it at their fingertips so for you like, like i i we know each other i'm assuming that you, you you can read perfectly well uh we should never assume anything but let's just say that but actually that then for me reading stuff is harder so having say text-to-speech to read it out loud to me puts me on that level playing field um, and probably actually then helps that productivity and like and like you said about my my kind of ability to work within this field and drive within this field technology is a big part of that without technology I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today um, you probably already answered this question, um, and, but I, I just kind of um, maybe just to underline it a little bit, you know, and I, I think that's a great, and I, I really like the idea of kind of level playing field and talking about the adjustment needed as opposed to trying to put this big label of accessibility on something. But um, but why is it important? You know, if I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm, uh, you know, I, I run a business and I'm thinking, well, you know, this sounds really interesting. I really should look at how I level the playing field for for people. But, but you know, what, what's the benefit to a business? Why? why is this important i think you've kind of touched on areas such as helping people to meet their potential and productivity yeah. but you know is there, is there other areas you see as well i think, I think that, well there's two things let's look at it let's look at it from a serious point and that is the legal legal legality of it so in the uk we have the equality act and the equality act has terminology that basically sets out what a disability is um and it basically kind of the, the terminology links back to a physical or mental mental difference that affects your day-to-day -day life so that kind of determines the disability. The other part of the act says that we have to make a reasonable adjustment. So basically a reasonable adjustment could be having a phone call. 
Uh, it could be having text-to-speech. It could be having a ramp put in, having a lift put in. And they, they are very general terms. But I think then from a business point of view, it's all about strengths and weaknesses. So we all have our own strengths and weaknesses across, no matter how we are, if we have a disability or not. But actually, some people with certain disabilities have bigger strengths. So in the dyslexia community, um, if we take we'll, we'll take GCHQ as a prime example, uh, large in uh, large organization for security hire a lot of dyslexics because we know that dyslexics have really good problem solving skills. Um, I, I, like you said at the beginning, I, I've kind of lived my life in dyslexia. I spent five and a half years working for the British Dyslexia Association before I went independent. And their previous CEO uh, made a very good statement. I was doing an event with some young people. We had 10 young people in a room and we were talking about differences. We we're talking about strengths. We talked about problem solving. And 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 the, the, the CEO stood up and said, if there is a problem in the BDA office, the first person I go to is Aaron because he can look at a problem and find a solution. And, and, and I think that's right. I, I believe that I can do that. I know I can. I can look at, I like to see the bigger picture. And I can look at things and it may be that it may be, say, we, we, we have a massive room and we need to cordon it off. How do I cordon it off? OK, how can I build? How can I build something to make that work for, for that or in, in, for that situation? How can I um, go into a school and basically that we've got these 10 kids that have got these this te- these 10 differences? They're all very similar. How can I support them? What can I give them straight away to change their lives? Uh, could it be an app? Could it be a device? And that kind of thing. And I think that, that when, we, when, when we look at the business world, I think ensuring that we've got the strengths, ensuring we've got productivity, ensuring then that we've got that mental health and, 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 and agility for that person, because actually giving people, say, a device and the right device because this is one of the things that I see, especially a lot of people do, is they, they buy devices on tech, or, or, sorry, on price. So buying a device on price may not be the right reason. Actually understanding that person, I think then we, when we look at disability, understanding people really helps. And I kind of like that will then feed into higher productivity, higher engagement of that, that person. And also what it could be actually is that person achieves a lot more. Because actually because you've removed a barrier to them and a frustration, which could be quite stressful, we've then enabled them to actually achieve. And I think it is all about achievement. But just come back to understanding as well. Yeah, I think actually that's a really good point. And, you know, I've talked on this show um, and kind of in my day to day uh, real business job, uh, business world job as well about that understanding, you know, before you start to deliver any technology. And I thought it was interesting what you're saying there about people will often buy technology on price. But actually, before you make any kind of technology decision, an understanding of what it is you're trying to achieve and how you get the best outcome um, is is hugely important. But I, th- I think it's an, in, an interesting uh, an interesting switch there to turn that into looking at your you know people within your organisation, you know people you may employ or people you work with, to actually what's the thing that gets the very best out of them. You know what are the tools that we need to give people, and that and that probably should be true of absolutely everybody. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I suppose sometimes, and, and, and do you do you come across this? And I, I don't want to, to blame people. And I'm, I'm sure lots of people are guilty of this, whether that's uh, whether they realise they are or not. But do you, do you ever come across a situation where people might look at somebody with with you know a disability or, or something that's restricting you know that, that's seems like it might be oh too much effort to give them the tools they need 
I think I think yeah, in all sectors we still have that. I think that we we when we look at the big at the wider sector, when we look at things like Ernst and Young, Microsoft, these are organisations that are really changing that concept around disability. But I think in the real world, definitely yes, we still have people that we still have definitely in in, in the school environment, we still have people not being supported. We still have people. We still have teachers not being trained in the awareness of special education needs and disability. Uh, uh, we've still got people that are not being supported but actually I think that those people that are trying and are seeing the benefits and I think that that uh, um, that that concept is really interesting so so within my uh, within a within the work I've done with Microsoft I can that there is a, a gentleman that is autistic um, and again autism is a hidden disability now he has been on this he's a he's part of the accessibility team he's worked on this team for a long time and he had a manager come to him and say to him where's all the hit, where's all the disabled people and the um, the person said uh, the person said to them to them to the manager well they're all around us i i have a disability i'm autistic and the manager went you don't look autistic and he went that's because I have a good wife who dresses me every day, uh, um, which is quite funny in the sense when he says it. But disabilities are hidden and, and they're also physical. And actually, that I think that it's actually about seventy percent of our disabilities are are hidden disabilities. And I think it's around eighty percent of us will um, around eighty percent of us will actually get a disability in our lifetime. So actually, accessibility is really important and understanding it. But I think we can we can. There's definitely lots more we can do. And I think that if we it is all about understanding. I, I, I have a big thing about understanding people, understanding what we need to do, because that will then achieve us. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, and we kind of touched on that sl- slightly earlier, didn't we? That, that idea of the importance of understanding. Um, but I, th- I think they're really interesting examples that you've just given, though, as well, because the... You know, it's 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 hugely disappointing in the the modern world, and I appreciate that. You know, we, we will we'll continue to see this for a long time, and you know, and I'm sure we can all do much better with this. But that we're restricting people's capabilities and, and restricting people's potential because we're not prepared to take the time to to do kind of what you just talked about there, which is to build an understanding of of what they need to, you know, because ultimately there's there's lots of great benefits for all of us by allowing people to kind of explore their potential and to, you know, to deliver deliver the things that they are capable of doing yeah i think i think that the added to that is that actually i think that people still think there's a massive cost to it hmm. and, and and the world doesn't help with that so it, we can take there's there's products out there that are cameras that that can that, that can that are very good and they help blind people that connect to your glasses um but they cost about three thousand pound which is a lot of money um they're an amazing product and for lots of people it helps them so when you when you have that that then thinks okay that's a cost and i think that that when we look at technology now that's built in and and for me that that you, you we were both at that event in that 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 event in november last year and we listened to to microsoft talk about their accessibility and i and I, and within my contractual role with them i have a lot to do with that in delivering it but for me personally in 2016 i i attended a big exhibition in 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 uh, in London that I, I go to as part of ed, the education establishment I was with at the time, and I go there and I and I walk around. My role there is to get money out of people. That's what my job was. It's a commercial <laughs> role. Uh, work for a charity, go and sell exhibition space, stuff like that. So 
if you don't ask, you don't get. So first thing I do, go onto the Microsoft stand. Now, I went onto the stand and I met someone that I've met the year before. And straight away, he went, Aaron, you need to come and see this guy here. And I sat and I went over and saw this guy. And, and this guy basically had a, a small computer with this product called Learning Tools on. Now, Learning Tools is a tool that's built into Microsoft products now. And this was in, 20, this was in 2016. Now, add into OneNote. It was a, you downloaded it, you added it into OneNote, and basically it will do, do text-to-speech, it will do background color changes, it will do lots of things. Now, to me as a dyslexic, at that time, I was like, brilliant bit of kit, love it, works really well. Yeah, it's free, that was the other thing. Yeah, I've got to download it. I don't use OneNote. I don't even know what OneNote is at the time. You fast forward to this year, to 2018, and look at that show again. That show, again, I was very lucky to be part of that show and on that on, on that Microsoft stand. But we basically had that person that I saw in that little on that little thing talking on the main stage, another accessibility person talking in the afternoon on that stage, me and a colleague speaking on a, on the other stage, on the other side of the hall, on the other side of the building about the same thing. So that's three particular particular talks on accessibility and disability and, and built-in tools to then having seven other people mention the tools. So within five, then five years, we have gone from one person sitting there doing something very small to actually everyone talking about it. Because actually we know having built-in tools really changes us. And, and, that's, and for me, as a severe dyslexic, I, I, I bought a brand new computer and it came back to tech concepts bought a brand new computer the first thing that i did say a year ago was i would install windows on my computer i would then download my dictation product and download my text-to-speech product so it's allowing me to read text with text-to-speech and and speech-to-text through dictation download them put them on like a product third-party products now because microsoft has got all these products built in i don't need to they're there so i haven't actually i've had this computer i've got in front of me now for about two months um, I haven't downloaded any third-party products. Um, I have actually downloaded one of them, I will be honest. I have got it for demo purposes and for reading things that are not in my email, say for reading PDFs and stuff like that, to reading more bigger documents. Um, but actually, the dictation product hasn't been downloaded yet. So that, to me, is a massive change in life. So when I was at school, they gave me a, a black and white laptop with dictation on that never worked because i was always in a noisy classroom to, to to going back to that event being able to dictate in front of a, a minister in a noisy exhibition hall last year to now not actually having to download any third-party products for me that's quite amazing for me and I, I know technology is growing and i think that technology is the changing point now where we're at that point where we can see massive benefits in our workforce through accessibility and disability um there's an amazing article uh, by the the uh, one of the joint chairs of the british dyslexia association john lavelle he wrote a, a white paper on um on the benefits of chief accessibility officers in our organizations um not only is it a really good concept around our corporate social responsibility but actually one it's ticking that that box for for us when it comes to legality but also then it's actually empowering our, our, our empowering our, our workers to actually achieve. And that comes back to that achievement issue again. And I think, I mean, I think they, they, you know, there's loads of great, really promising stuff in there as well. And, you know, and I think, and I think actually one of the things that we've seen, um, you know, we talk about Microsoft for a moment, can you mention some of the work you've done with them? But I think one of the, the really intriguing things we've seen with the kind of, uh, you know, the, the continued 
growth and um, use of Office 365, because what that seems to have allowed Microsoft to do, um, and this is not just true of accessibility capabilities, but across the piece, but it's allowed Microsoft to start to use that kind of big cloud backend to push technology to all kinds of devices, whether that be mobile, a laptop, or, or some other kind of device. Um, and, and suddenly them having that, that big aggregation of, of capability and, it, and it's great to see them using that to start to enable people to do things that they might not previously been able to, to have done. And that, again, as I say, that actually probably extends, that's not just about accessibility, but that's giving people access to tools. Um, and it kind of fits back to what you were saying before, you know, it gives access to people to tools to have the, to reach their potential in whatever their role is, uh, whatever their role is. Um, and, and it's great to see that also extended out to, giving people the capability to do things that maybe a disability has not allowed them to do in the past. So, so I think that's hugely promising. Um, but, what, but one of the things that I, I am interested in, and, and it's and it's probably something that I, I don't think I'm seeing hugely, is that how do, you know, is it is a way you, you would advise organizations, maybe listening to this, and, and perhaps like I was when, uh, when we met and when we saw some of the presentations you've talked about, you know, really inspired by this idea of how can we use technology to help people fulfill their potential to overcome maybe some difficulties they currently have in their day-to-day their -day roles um, and, and how organizations can start to make that a more integral part of their kind of technology strategy the way they're delivering technology across their business you know is, is, is are you seeing more companies interested in that um, and, and have Definitely, you got any kind yeah. of advice on on how they go about doing that I, I think the thing about it is it's like is the starting point is being an open an open organization the, the government has an amazing scheme called disability confidence um it's free to sign up to uh i've signed up to it my 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 company is a disability confident employer it's it's kind of where we're at with the starting level so basically there's three levels so uh and that is your starting point that is making you aware of that onboarding process it is it's like it's being open and transparent about your disability policy, your, your your accessibility policy, your disability policy for your employees to start with, because that is where you're going to get the most traction from it and the most support from it. If we just take the concept of dyslexia, if you have more than 10 employees, you, statistically you're going to have one dyslexic. Um, and I think that when we look at technology, it's looking at basically one, that understanding of that person do we need to make any reasonable adjustments straight away? So do we need to have a, a product in place for that person? But actually, if we just look at like Office 365, like Windows 10, like using that that kind of that that kind of that, that cloud sphere concept, looking at that what we're doing and saying, okay, training everyone and saying, you can use dictation for productivity. You can use dictation to help with spelling and, and making sure that's working. We can use read aloud or text-to-speech to ensure that you've got the right context. We're using Accessibility Checker to ensure that accessibility, that, that we're making sure our documents are accessible. And just doing that kind of little bit of an onboarding process as part of our induction, or a little bit of staff training saying, you know, this is here, this is here. And it could be that we find that there's lots of like videos about it, there's lots of webinars that you could go and watch, lots of tools that, that, that companies offer that basically just be as a free kind of resource just tell people about it, um, and that basically just changes that that changes a little bit of culture. It comes back down to culture as well. It is having that culture change and actually being open about it, because actually we we don't want to go down that legality route. 
it is. If you, if you, I can. There's a, there's a, there's a, a story about the Kent police officer that kind of was dyslexic. He, he really wanted to be a police officer. He did his first, he did his his first uh, entrance exam, and and failed it. Uh, um, so he uh, he did it. He went to uh, he went to Kent Police. He did his uh, he did his first uh, he did his first entry and failed it. They then got him tested. He was found to be dyslexic. He went for his second exam. They lost his report, so his access arrangements weren't put in place. So he failed the second year. Now what they say is that once you've done two exams, you failed them both. You can't be a police officer. They won the, a, an appeal that because they lost his report, they let him do it third time. He passed it the third time. Did it after two years of being in the police force. He was basically had to leave because he just couldn't. They weren't making any adjustments. Really wanted to be in the police force, became a police community support officer, and then another three years basically left, had to leave again. Couldn't cope with any of the paperwork, and basically at the end of it, when he actually worked, when they actually worked it out, and they actually, it was kind of that he was actually dismissed. He was actually told to leave because of his disability. They won the case in the in the heart in the court. Uh, now, when it becomes a disability case, there is no cap. So he actually won three quarters of a million hmm. because there is no cap because a lifespan of a lifespan of a of a thirty year thirty years of a police officer with increments, you earn about a million pound. So that's where the money came, money concept came from. But actually, it didn't help him really because actually, yeah, the money's nice, but actually, it helped him because actually, what he really wanted to do was be a police officer yeah. and he couldn't do it. And I think that is the thing about changing lives. I think coming back to that the concept of when we're looking at technology. Ensuring we get it right for everyone. So when we're looking at a technology strategy, for me, I, I, I go into schools and say this is like, what's the purpose? What is it for? Right. And and if you is is it right? Is a person going to be sat at their desk for twenty for 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 them twenty five to thirty hours a day? What do they need? Do they need to work from home? Do you need to add flexible working in to make to make it work for that person? Are we making that flexible working actually flexible? Are we enabling it that actually when the person walks in and sits down with their device, they can plug it in and dock it in? These are all things that are that people don't think are accessibility needs, but actually they change people's lives. For me, when I my very my, when I first my first laptop that I had when I set up my first when I set up the first company was like was a nightmare i'd bring it in i'd have to plug in like five different usb connections so that everything works a couple of couple of other plugs so that my monitor works you got five minutes of time wasted when actually that five minutes you could be sitting down actually writing your to-do list now i just walk in plug my dock in two monitors are up and i can work and everything's there and that's the thing that and that's that thing about that starting point it is understanding the journey understanding where we need to go with that person uh, and then basically making sure that, that we are making all of our employees aware of technology that's available to all of them because we can all use dictation and we all use dictation anyway we if you have any of these like alexas google homes cortana siri they're all using the same concept they're all basically using this concept of voice voice to text to create an action and we might as well harness that voice to help everyone yeah, I mean, I think, um, and, and as we kind of come to the end of our time here, because I, I could, I, I could happily explore this for another hour, because I, I do think it's a really fascinating topic and something that we should be much more aware of, and looking at how we kind of exploit technology to enable. You know, I think you, you kind of talked about there. How do we give people what they need to succeed? You know, and, and to to be the very best person they can be and deliver the very best outcomes for us as employers, or us as employees, or us just as friends and family members. 
Um, so, so if I'm listening to this and, you know, and hopefully people are listening to this and like me are really inspired by how can we be better at doing things here? How can we be better at enabling people? Is, is some advice of good places people can start? You know, you talked about kind of the uh, government disability confidence scheme, but is there, is there other good places that people can start to understand? Um, and, and, and maybe you, you've, because we touched on technology uh, as, as we've gone through this, some places where people can go to find out, maybe maybe in terms of what Microsoft are doing. Yeah, how do we find out what Microsoft are doing in this space so, and, and tech? Okay, so you you can basically so basically if you if you just search for accessibility in Microsoft, you'll find there's amazing accessibility sway, which is a web page that, that's an update live web page. It's updated regular, and that shows you everything every tool that Microsoft has for for accessibility. I think then it's then it's then looking about what. If, in looking at it in hindsight, in a marketplace that I work in, it is actually very hard to get information. And I think that there, there is, uh, I think that for me, I'm very much within the education space, so I know straight away where we can go to for education. And I think it's looking at, at other companies. So if you're using a, a Microsoft product, looking at some of your Microsoft partners uh, that are offering disability events, I think definitely searching on, on Eventbrite is a good place to start looking for, for events that are being offered, and there's free events available webinars podcasts there's lots of them around uh, i'm uh, i like i there's a lot of information on my on my uh, on my blog about accessibility that's probably not business related but there is links there that you can go and find stuff microsoft has uh, learn.microsoft.com which is a, a skill set uh, that one that will have information on there but i think it is like it is kind of like it's it's probably still very hard at the moment we are in this kind of this changing time within for me i think for me uh, we've gone around this route that especially in education we don't really have the support through technology in primary and secondary and we kind of get it a little bit more in in like in sixth form and further education in our in our um, university space we have uh, have a scheme called a uh, disability student allowance which is a reviewable scheme. It's being reviewed by the government now. And to me, that kind of just gives people tech and it gives that people third party tech, which is fine, but actually there's lots of things we can change and think about. So I think it, it is really hard to actually go to one place. Uh, um, I, I could be very vain and say, people can come to me. I'm quite happy for that. Uh, um, but actually uh, that's, that's, a, that's an easy starting point because I finding where people are. I think that actually, um, there's lots of things like like that that basically Microsoft, Ernst and Young have done that you can find. Um, you can also look at some of the charities, so uh, the British Dyslexia Association, made by Dyslexia. They're, they're the two dyslexia charities that have stuff. Uh, you've got um, you've got RNIB for the Blind Association. They've got lots of stuff there. So the, there's kind of like looking at the the, the third sector for help as well. Um, it's it's a very hard question to answer actually thinking about it <laughs> well well actually as we, as we do wrap up here um, and you've you've mentioned uh, kind of your own resources uh, but being being kind enough not to then uh, self-promote yourself but here's your opportunity Aaron. Look, I think people yeah. who listen to this hopefully they've been as fascinated by the topic topic as I have um, and they want to kind of follow up with you or find out a little bit more about the way you're doing you know how do they find you uh, on on the lines so, so basically for me, you can follow me on Twitter. So it's at Aaron Dyslexia and Aaron is spelled A-R-A-N at Dyslexia. I have a website called AaronDyslexia.co.uk, um, which is meant to be a blog. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm quite happy to people link me on there. I think with both my, both, I, I'm very willing to look at help companies through this. I think that 
that also that the Lavelle partnership is also so is also another interesting one to go to. So that's John Lavelle, who's the the chair of the British Dyslexia Association. He would also be a very interesting person to talk to, especially for your if you're a if you're um if you class yourself as a, a, a medium to large company and, and more of an enterprise, John would be very happy to help you. For me, my skill set is very much in small to medium. Um, I can go bigger. I, I have worked with schools with over a thousand with over with over a thousand students, uh, which is not it's not easy. It's not hard. But I think the thing about it is, is for me, uh, I've worked in the education space for a long time. I like working in the in the business space because it fascinates me because I love structure. I love setting stuff, helping people achieve. And ultimately, for me, it's kind of that goal is that that it, it, everything in business comes down to a bottom line to a point. But actually, we know that accessibility if you actually if you actually start with that accessibility problem or that difference or that or that difficulty we can then grow up but yeah do by all means reach out to me on linkedin uh, uh aaron smith a-r-a-n smith uh, uh happy to do it uh, and happy to support people okay well i'm a lot well i'll make sure all that goes in the show notes um because because there's lots there for people to grasp and um i really appreciate your time thanks for coming on the show and uh, look forward no to problem. catching up with you again soon no problem most appreciate thanks very much I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave us a review and subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. And if you've got an idea for the show or would like to appear as a guest, why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>